You guys recall those days when the evening news would come on and it would start with, it's 10 p.m., do you know where your children are? Remember that? Some people are nodding their heads. That's, uh, that's how they used to do it instead of the big, you know, uh, waving video backgrounds and all that stuff. Do you know where your children are? Well, that's kind of a, a good place to, to start this morning. We're looking at John's Gospel, chapter 3. So if you brought your Bible with you, or if you have your electronic Bible, I encourage you to pull it out at this time. I'm going to be reading, and the words will be on the screen as well, but we're going to read the first 21 verses of John chapter 3. It's a wonderful story, and one of the things I was telling us uh, last week is that God uses all these wonderful stories to teach us about himself, about how he interacts with other people, and so we've got to pay attention sometimes to the stories and what sort of questions people are asking and what sort of answers that Jesus is giving them. So I'm going to start reading in John chapter 3, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> now there was a, man, a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a good teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, how can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised by what I am saying. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you about earthly things, and you do not believe. Then how then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So no one has ever gone into heaven except for the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever believes who does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that, they, that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pacing back and forth. He knew that this would be the pathway that Jesus would have to take that time of night. He was unsure about what he would say and why he was even there. Nicodemus is lost. Lost for words. He's lost in life. When he heard the footsteps, he knew that this was his chance. His chance to maybe get an answer. Can you really be found? The whole conversation just took minutes. Nicodemus basically just interjected, hey, that was about as advanced as his theology had progressed at that moment in time. His whole world had been disrupted and he was turning to the only person and the only time that he could think of to try and find an answer. Like those of us who know when we are up in the late dark night, when the only word we can muster is a single word in the prayer, Jesus. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. And according to John chapter seven, he knows about the law. He knows all about Yahweh. And he knows how this world is supposed to work. And now all of that is turned upside down for him. Was it true? Was Jesus this promised one? Is... He needed to ask. He needed to make sense of it. He needed to understand, especially relating to the law. What about that law that I've been studying? We can all see Nicodemus there, confused and wondering why. But not just why. What? What do you mean? I need to change? I need to change? What do you mean I need to be born again? I'm doing everything above board. It's all legal. Look at my books. Who cares if I have a few extra conveniences because of, a, of an education or I was born from a certain family? Why should I change anything at all? Now he asks this at night. <laughs> Not exactly as brave as all that, is he? Finding himself as a little guppy in a large pond. But see, notice that Jesus doesn't tell him that he needs to change. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says that he needs to be reborn. Son, you need a new life. That's what he's saying. You are lost and you need to be found. We can see it. Nicodemus is lost. Here he is in the middle of the night. Coming in secret. Doesn't want anyone to know about his questions. He's not supposed to have questions. He's got life all figured out. But the Pharisees, they know a thing or two about shame. Nicodemus is confused. He's confused about his past and squaring that away, as a trained scholar, he's trying to understand how this metaphor, being born again, how that's supposed to work. Can any of you relate to Nicodemus here? I'm not entirely sure I get it all the time either. 
But yet, Jesus says in verse 8, don't you know? I had a lady sitting next to me um, waiting for the plane. We were sharing one of those uh, USB charger things. Um, she was basically glued to her phone. I had uh, my Bible out and a translation tool uh, looking into some of the language of, uh, of Mark. This is for class, like eight years ago, something like this. Um, out of nowhere. I never quite understood religion. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> religion, that's a Bible, right? My grandma, she was religious. But my parents, and I, I don't know. We, we, we went to church and all that stuff, but yeah, never really came together, you know. So we don't have a temple, we don't have a mosque, nothing. Hmm. Well, we all have our own experiences in the past. I said to her, that doesn't change how you think in the future. Faith can grow on you, you know, if you let it. Sometimes faith is found. Uh, sometimes faith finds you. I suppose, she said. Where are you heading? Changing the topic is not wrong if you don't want to talk about it. Home, she said. Grandma has passed, and her funeral is in a couple of days. We haven't seen most of the family in a couple of years. My brother, oh. Now I've stepped into it, you see. Well, I said, I find comfort in knowing that your grandma lived her life believing in something. Cast all your cares on him, she said, not looking up from her phone. What was that? Cast all your cares on him because he loves you, putting her phone face down. Where did you hear that? Oh, Grandma said it all the time. When I was younger, she used to take me to Sunday school. Maybe I heard it there. There it is, a little fragment of something in the past, something she may have known in the past and are searching for now, maybe to make it all make sense. Lost and found. I'm bad with names, but I remember her name. Her name was Nicodemus. Don't you know? That's what Jesus says. Don't you know? You've heard this your whole life. You've studied this. Why are you so lost? This is finding Finding Nicodemus. He should have known better. He was taught better. Don't you know? Verse 10. You're a teacher and you don't know. <sighs> Wrong answer. Failing grade. That's what he's used to. That's the Pharisees. Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher and that you come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with them. That's verse 2. But born again, how is this possible? I can't believe in stuff like that, can I? That's impossible. Ever found yourself lost in something impossible? Our, our Disney film this week breaks from the norm somewhat. Uh, there's no power ballad like Lost in the Woods or something like that from, from another Disney film. There's no catchy group song that kind of brings, like, Be Our Guest or something like that that brings everyone together. It's a simple story of being lost and becoming found. 
If you don't know, it's about a tiny little clownfish. His name is Nemo. And Nemo and his dad are alone. Nemo has lost his mother. And on his first day of school, not like school as in collection of fish, but yeah, I guess, but also school as in like learning, they, he, he goes off and he finds himself into trouble, found himself lost. Nemo had lost his way. And he's looking for this way back home, and his father's looking for him. And he's found in a, in a place miles from his anemone, stuck in a glass box. Yet Nemo has to try. His father has to try too. It seems a little bit like the story of the prodigal. More, more like that than Nicodemus, but hear me out. You see, I think it's his father who has his entire life turned upside down. Marlon, I think his name is. He followed the rules, and he was going to be sure to keep Nemo safe. And what is familiar is safe. What we know is easier. We don't know of Nemo's mom, but his dad is not ready for the world to change. He was used to swimming along, safe in his own little world. And now it's turned right side up. Searching high and low, he seems like this forgiving father as well, risking his life and limb. And he discovers a few things about this world. Discovers that not all sharks are bad. That exploration is natural to how Nemo is made. He discovers that the world is an amazing place if you get out and meet new people. Nicodemus thought that faith was memorizing the facts and the familiar. Being able to give a right answer at the, at the prompt. Jesus says, I've come into this world because it is mine. And I wish for you to know it and explore it. More than this, the faith you have is because of me. That spirit for spirit exchange is enough to make you Believe that the dead will come to life again and that even a grown old man can be turned into something new. We can be found. And he says it plainly. I'm not sure what's on your list of who can hear the gospel message, but if your list is, is given to you by, by John, the whole world seems to be a pretty inclusive list, doesn't it? So does Jesus come into this world to condemn this world, to, to remind them of this law? Matthew 5, 17 says that Jesus says, I don't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. To reinforce the rules? No. No. He promised to save us. He promised to find us. In the seats where you're sitting, um, there used to be stuff like, you know, pew Bibles and um, Psalter hymnals and stuff like this. Um, in the Psalter hymnal, those are a gray book and it has all of our music in it uh, from years past. In the back, there's a few uh, different 
pieces of our history, our tradition, including Heidelberg Catechism, the Canons of Dort, Belgian Confession. Um, there's another thing called um, a contemporary testimony. And you can look this up yourselves. It's called uh, Our World Belongs to God. I want to read something from it. This is, if you happen to look it up later, and for your reference, it's number four. Our world, fallen into sin, has lost its first goodness. But God has not abandoned the work of his hands. Our maker preserves this world, sending seasons, sun, and rain, upholding all creatures, renewing the earth, promising a savior, and guiding all things to their purpose. Sometimes it is in the dead of night when we reach out to Jesus. Sometimes it's in a panic or in people's last moments where they make their petitions before God. What Jesus says to Nicodemus is, if you find yourself lost, I have come to seek and save the lost that they may be found. And you may have questions, some as deep as ocean waters. But Jesus says, bring them to me. Cast all your cares upon me. We find out a few chapters later that Nicodemus is still struggling with this. It's John chapter 7, verse 50. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, talking about the Pharisees, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? <laughs> you see what he's doing here? He's pushing back just a little bit, isn't he? He's saying, guys, I know we've always grown up this way. I know we've always followed this route, and the law has always been our guide, but is there, nothing, is, there, is there anything in this law, maybe, maybe, that says that we're supposed to listen to this guy for a moment first? And I'm here to tell you, Nicodemus figures it out. He figures out what it means, what Jesus actually means about being born again. It was in his curiosity and the stirring of the spirit within him he found answers to burning questions like, what do I actually believe? Am I saved? The contemporary testimony continues in number five and says, God holds this world with fierce love, keeping his promise. He sends Jesus into the world, pours out the Holy Spirit, and announces the good news. Here's the good news. Sinners who repent and believe in Jesus live anew as members in the family of God, the first fruits of a new creation. And he makes such a difference in your life if you'll let him. If you let him turn your world upside down and put that new spirit within you because what we find in the story of Nicodemus, and I love following this the trail of the story. The, the Bible is so um, articulate in its ability to take a story and make it didactic, to teach you things along the way. You have to look at John chapter 19 to find Nicodemus again. 
It's under the heading, The Burial of Jesus. Verse 38, later Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was a Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. John says in our text this morning, but the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that it may be plainly evident that his deeds have been done in God. We can be found. And the practice of the truth and that pursuit of truth can lead to genuine faith. We find it in our Disney feature as well. Nemo is found, of course, for our happy ending. I just want you to notice what it takes. It takes friends that Nemo has to make along the way. It takes family, his father's persistent. It takes time. It's not immediate. It takes conditions. There were many difficult things along the way that were both scary and potentially harmful. It takes passion and love and devotion. All the same things are true when it comes to the faith of our families. It does take the faith of friends, family. Sometimes it takes more time than we would like for, that, for the evidence of that spirit to be born in those people around us. But it reminds us that it takes conditions for the Holy Spirit to do his work. But in the midst of all that, we continue to love. Our world belongs to God begins this way. As followers of Jesus Christ living in this world, which some seek to control and others view with despair, we declare with joy and trust, our world belongs to God. Friends, you ever played lost and found? Hide and seek, you know? That? How much fun would it be if no one came looking for you? Jesus says, that he has come to search this whole world and he knows every hiding place. He's come to seek and save us. And by his amazing grace, we can be found. Maybe you are the one who has been snatched up in this world and is desperate to find a way home. 
Know that there is a father who has sent his son to come looking so that you may be found too. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace to us. I can't help but imagine our brother Nicodemus would have said the same words from our song earlier. Here I am, down on my knees, again, surrendering all. Find me here, Lord, as you draw me near. Surrendering all. Lord, that's what we know that you require of us. It's not just a a portion of our mind or a time on Sunday morning. You ask for our everything. And Lord, our response to you is yes, because you are so good. You can take what we have and do immeasurably more than we can ever ask for or imagine. And so Lord, for those people who are here, perhaps, who feel more lost than found, may they find the friends and family around them here to encourage them in their faith. May those who are waiting upon the right conditions know that your conditions have been met and that that grace is free and available for them as well. We thank you, Father, for that grace, for in that grace we know that you are good. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.